Today's sermon is from Johnny Prime, who has been the Associate National Director of the FIEC since 2018. Previously, Johnny served for 21 years as the pastor of Enfield Evangelical Free Church. He will be delving into Psalms 42 and 43 for us this morning. Here they are, read from the ESV. Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember, as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you, from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? because of the oppression of my enemy. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I'd invite you please to have your Bible open with me at Psalms 42 and 43, those uh, Psalms which were read to us. And turning there, let's bow our heads and pray. Loving Father in heaven, thank you that part of your kindness to us is that you have given us your word, including these Psalms, because we need them. Please help us to receive them as a loving gift from your hand. Help us by your spirit to understand what you're teaching us 
and to put them into practice. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As the Psalms were read to us, I'm sure you noticed the triple repeat. The words, why are you downcast, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. I may be unable to see you, but I know something that's true about you. You are an expert at speaking to yourself. Whatever else you may have done today, you will have had numerous inner conversations. Please don't worry, by the way, it's totally normal. Shall I hit the snooze button or have another five minutes? What clothes shall I wear? Porridge or toast for breakfast? Is it bright or gloomy today? I must call, text, message so-and-so later. It's very normal to have those inner conversations. It's also significant. But what we say to ourselves really matters because we listen to ourselves more than to anyone else. And Psalms 42 and 43 provide every believer in the Lord Jesus with words we need to speak to our souls. You, you probably know that the book of Psalms is long, the longest book in the Bible. It has more chapters than any other book. It covers more pages. It's quoted more in the New Testament than any other Old Testament book. It is often called the Bible's songbook, which is true. Each psalm provides words for the believer to sing and to say. But we must never forget that the psalms are God's word to us before they become words from us. Each psalm, including these psalms, is part of scripture. Uh, a message from God to us, which as we receive it and understand it, will then produce words from us. Uh, sometimes those words may be words in praise of God. Uh, sometimes they will be words of prayer to God. And also, as in the case of these two psalms, words we need to speak to ourselves. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. The heading uh, tells us the original author was one of the sons of Korah. They were appointed by King David to serve as singers and musicians in the temple. And these two psalms are a carefully recorded experience of one of these sons of Korah passed on to the director of music for regular use by God's people. And they were then included in the Bible for use by servants of King Jesus, Jesus in every generation, including ours. And since they're here, we can be sure we need them. Now, very simply, uh, the repeated words in verse 5 and 11 of Psalm 42 and verse 5 of Psalm 43, they provide three things the soul of every believer in our Lord Jesus needs to hear repeatedly. Uh, there's a gentle rebuke, there's a direct command, and there's a certain promise. Uh, first, a gentle rebuke. 
A gentle rebuke for behaving as if the times are permanent. The times is a way of describing the experience of the original author. Down in the dumps might sum up his state of mind at the start of Psalm 42. Uh, a pile of emotive words beginning with D sum up how he saw life at that point. He was dry, verses 1 and 2. Dry spiritually like an animal on a hot summer's day. I, I've never seen a panting deer, but I have seen a panting dog. As an animal pants for water, the son of Korah panted for a meeting with God which meant that he was distressed, verse 3. Tears were his food day and night. He, he couldn't turn the tap off. Not least because those around him were repeatedly saying that his circumstances were evidence that God was absent. And it was all because, verse 4, he was displaced. He wasn't where he had once been and where he wanted to be. Uh, remember, he was a temple musician. He remembered being part of the joyful tent festivals at the Lord's Temple in Jerusalem. But look down at verse 6. He, he was no longer in Jerusalem. He was in the north of Israel, the back of beyond. Perhaps he was one of those who fled from Jerusalem with King David when Absalom rebelled. It all left him, verse 5, downcast and disturbed. Had we met him, his head would have been down. If we'd asked how he felt, he'd have said awful. That disturbed has behind it the idea of a storm. That is what he was like inside. His mind, his soul were in turmoil. He couldn't see how his current situation would ever change. In fact, verse 7, he felt like a drowning man. It was though he was being drenched by an unceasing waterfall, as though a raging sea was sweeping over him. And he felt deserted by God, verse 9, forgotten by God, leaving him disheartened. In 42, verse 9 and 43, 2, he describes himself as going about mourning, oppressed by the enemy who taunted him and called into question God's presence. D times, down in the dumps time. I wonder if we're deliberately not told the exact circumstances, because D times come in many shapes and sizes. But trusting and serving King Jesus does not mean we are immune from D times. D times may be linked to physical circumstances. Ill health or other reasons like COVID may mean that we're not physically where we want to be or able to do what we'd want to do. At D times may be linked to emotional factors. We're all wired differently emotionally. Some of us are quite level emotionally, others more up and down. At D times may be linked to relational circumstances, family or other relationships or the lack of them may be causing us great heartache and concern as things are not what we would want them to be. D times may be linked to spiritual circumstances. 
Sin spoils our relationship with God. Part of his loving discipline may be to cause us to feel at a distance from him. I know how we long for that distance to end. Whatever their cause, my guess is that we can all identify with the idea of D times. Perhaps some of us would say that today is a D time for us. These Psalms tell us we're not alone. Such times come. But what we need to know is how to deal with them. And this son of Korah helps us. Look at verse 1 again. He speaks to God. And he does so very honestly. Verses 2 and 4 are him thinking out loud in God's presence, setting out how he felt, pouring out his soul to God. We're allowed to do that. I've known what it is to write everything down on a piece of paper and then read it out to God. Reading a psalm like this can be helpful to express how we feel. But what we're meant to notice is where it leads. It leads to verse 5. To this writer giving his soul a gentle rebuke. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? The sense is, soul, you don't need to be. But soul, there is hope to be found in God. I'm reminded of a story about Martin Luther, the great reformer. He often knew D times. During one particular D time, he went about with such a long face that the whole of family life was dampened. One day his wife arrived at breakfast dressed in black as if she was going to a funeral. Looking up from his breakfast, Luther asked, who's died? She replied, the way you've been behaving lately, I thought God must have died. So I've dressed for his funeral. A gentle but effective rebuke drove straight to Luther's heart. My soul needs to be similarly rebuked. When I was a child, my dad loved singing to us the hippopotamus songs. You know that song? Mud, mud, glorious mud. Nothing quite like it for curing the blood. So follow me, follow down to the hollow and there let us wallow in glorious mud. It's easy to be like the hippopotamus. To wallow in our distress and despair, acting as if God is dead. What Psalm 42 shows is that as a believing man or woman experiencing D times pours out their soul to God, God helps them to talk to themselves, to preach to themselves, to take themselves in hand and say to their soul, come on soul, stop looking down. That things may be tough, the storm may be rough, but why are you downcast and disturbed? These times won't last forever. Put your hope in God, which is the direct command given three times in these Psalms. Our tendency in these times is to look down at the problem, to look in at ourselves. What do we need to tell our souls to do? To look up to God with patient expectation. That's what hope is. Hope is about the future. 
Hope in God is about what God will do in the future. To hope in God is to wait for him to act, to look to him patiently, expectantly. And from verse 6, we start to see what that looks like. Having talked to himself, the author talks to God again. Prayer is the way we put our hope in God. But this time, he's not just pouring out our soul. Verse 6, my soul is downcast within me, therefore... I will remember him. His soul is responding to the rebuke. Oh, he's not where he wants to be. But he can remember God even in the back of beyond, even as the waves and breakers sweep over him. Uh, some years ago, I think it was at Christmas time, I watched a film on the television called The Stick Man. Uh, the stick man ends up in the sea in, the, in a storm and he's pictured going down and down and down and down under the waves. You wonder whether he's going to come up. For a kid's film, it's pretty distressing. But then the stick man bobs up to the surface again and then he goes down again, but then he bobs up to the surface again. The writer of the Psalms is a bit like the stick man. Having spoken to himself and now speaking to God, it's as if, he bobs up above the waves. And look at verse 8. We have an amazing contrast to what's gone before. By day, the Lord directs his love. He's preaching to himself. Despite the deeds that he feels, this believer reminds himself that the Lord's love is aimed directly at him. The title Lord is significant. The covenant name of God because he is the Lord, I can be sure his love is aimed at me because he's promised it always will be. Even when I don't feel it, even when I'm miles away from where I want to be, even in the storm, even when he's disciplining me for my sin. Now, if an Old Testament believer could assure himself of the Lord's love, well, how much more can we who live this side of the cross of our Lord Jesus? We can know and rely on the covenant love God has for us. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the ultimate demonstration of his love. Undeserved, unmerited, not performance related. We deserve that his wrath, not his love, should be directed at us. But it's the cross that convinces us that nothing can separate us from his love, that he is with us, especially when our enemy, the devil, tempts us to think that either our circumstances show that God doesn't love us or our sinful behaviour should remove his love from us. Look how verse 8 continues. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Singing and praying go together. How we should thank God for songs, including the Psalms, uh, tunes that fit words and help us to remember those words. They help us to look to God with patient expectation. Do you ever get an earworm, a song in your head that's going round and round? Isn't it good when that song is a hymn tune with good words about the Lord Jesus, about our Heavenly Father, about his promises to us, his character, his work for us? Describing the Lord as the God of my life. The author is reminding himself that the Lord is the God who is in control. 
even of D times. All giving confidence to continue to pray with honesty, which he does from verse 9. I say to God, my rock, my security, the one thing I can cling to. Oh, he still feels forgotten. He's still mourning. He's still oppressed. He's still suffering and taunted. He's still pouring out his soul. But a change is happening as he repeats his rebuke and his command in verse 11. Uh, Before we move on, I'd like you to look again at the language of verses 9 and 10. Don't they point us to the experience of our Lord Jesus as he shared our humanity and as he suffered and died for us. The Psalms were the songbook of the Lord Jesus. I can imagine our Lord Jesus saying verses 9 and 10. As he hung on the cross, Jesus knew great sorrow. He he was oppressed by his enemies. His bones suffered mortal agony. His phones taunted him and suggested that God was no longer for him. Remembering that reminds us of why those who believe in our Lord Jesus can have real hope. Why it is we can say, verse 11, to our souls, we can because of Jesus. But we can because Jesus experienced the most terrible of D times in all their dryness, in all their distress. Our Lord Jesus was displaced, leaving heaven for earth. He knew what it was to be downcast and disturbed within him. Think of his agony as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. On the cross, he was like a drowning man as the waves of God's wrath swept over him. In the darkness of the cross, he felt real desertion by God, leaving him disheartened. But what did he do? He put his hope in God. His final words as he died, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. With these words, he looked in hope to God his Father with patient expectation to the resurrection of Easter Day. And why did he do it? To give all who trust in him the same hope, the hope of resurrection to a new and wonderful and without blemish life. So that all who believe in him might be able to speak to their souls and say, why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. That is the certain promise, that how things are is not how they will always be. The journey of the original author continues in Psalm 43. They were probably once one psalm. Uh, And the psalmist again prays. While he still honestly expresses the reality of his circumstances, there is a growing sense of confidence in God acting to put things right. So he asks God to vindicate him, to speak up for him, to rescue him. He, He calls God his stronghold, his place of safety. He asked God to send 
what he needs to guide him to where he longs to be, to send his light and his faithful care. He anticipates the day when he'll be back in Jerusalem praising God with joy and delight. And you get the sense that by the time he gets to Psalm 43 verse 5, he's saying the same words with a different tone from Psalm 42 verse 5. He's preached to his soul. His soul has responded in prayer. He's like the stick man bobbing up to the, to the surface in the waves. He's wet but not drowned. He's sorrowing but not without hope. Have his circumstances changed since the beginning of Psalm 42? No. Nope. He's still not where he wants to be. Things are still not how he longs for them to be, but the focus of his soul has changed. Through talking with God and to his soul, he has taken his soul in hand and his soul is doing what our souls always need to do, to hope in God, his saviour and his God. The reference to my Saviour and my God reminds us that this hope is only available to those who know our Lord Jesus as their Saviour and their God. One of the things that struck me as I thought of the way the D times are described in all their dryness, distress, displacement, downcastness, disturbedness, the feeling of drowning and desertion, being disheartened, they are all ways in which the Bible describes the eternal horrors of hell, which is what I deserve as a sinner, not just for time, but forever, with no end. Hell will be far, far worse than anything anyone ever faces in this life. But in his great love for us, Hell is what our Lord Jesus, our Saviour and our God, suffered in those hours of darkness on the cross. So that all who put their trust in him as their Saviour and their God might then know the certain promise of everlasting life, not everlasting torment. And if as yet you're not trusting the Lord Jesus, if as yet you cannot say of him, you are my saviour, my God, I would urge you to trust him right now. Without him, you have no words of hope. You can speak to your soul, either in life or in death, but you could ask him now to save you. And he will. And he'll give you that hope. And if by God's mercy we can already call him my saviour, my God, let's learn to repeatedly say these words to our souls. In his mercy, the Lord can and sometimes does bring times of peace and calm after severe D times. But the reality is that D times are part and parcel of living in a fallen world. But our certain hope is this, he will keep sending us his light and his faithful care. He will guide us and he will bring us safely to the new Jerusalem where D times will be impossible 
and where never again will our souls be downcast and disturbed within us. I started by asking you what conversations you're having with yourself. How are you speaking to yourself? Whatever our circumstances, may we learn to say with this psalmist, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Let's pray together. Our God and our Father in heaven, we thank you that you've given us this psalm because we need it. Please teach us to speak wisely to our souls. You know our circumstances and for some of us, these are D times, down in the dumps time. Even now, please help us to look afresh away from our circumstances and up to you. Teach us what it means to put our hope in you and in your Son, our Saviour and our God. Please help us to trust that the way things are now is not the way they always will be. Please may we live as people of real hope as you continually direct your love to us. Please send us your light and your faithful care and give us that confidence that you will lead us to that place of eternal joy where D times will never exist. Help us please in our weakness. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen.